This week, JP Morgan Chase, America's largest bank, announced it was buying 75% of Volkswagen's payments and financial services business. In other news, Volkswagen recently surpassed Tesla as the number one electric vehicle maker in Europe. So what connects these two stories? It turns out payments and EVs are two sides of the same digital commerce coin. In this edition of Commerce Code, EVs and payments, the future of commerce mobility. Silvio Tavares here in San Francisco. This is Commerce Code, brought to you by DCA, the Digital Commerce Alliance. It's great to be with you. The big news this week is that Chase, the U.S.'s largest bank, teamed up with Volkswagen, Europe's largest car manufacturer. Chase is purchasing 75% of the Volkswagen Financial Services Unit. 25% will remain with Volkswagen. Now, according to a Chase executive, The connected car space, where the vehicle becomes a digital wallet for purchases, is a hot market that's growing super fast. Volkswagen started its financial services operation in 2017, and the business provides vehicle financing, leasing, in-vehicle payments, and electric vehicle charging. And on that last point, EV charging, Volkswagen just raced past Tesla to become Europe's largest EV car maker. So what is it about cars and commerce? They seem to go together well, like a chocolate chip cookie goes well with milk. Today on the show, we're going to find out more about this winning combination by speaking with a company that has created a whole business model at the intersection of cars and commerce. That company is GasBuddy, everyone's favorite gas savings app. For many weeks this year, GasBuddy has been the number one downloaded app on the Apple App Store. But what you may not know is that GasBuddy is also one of the leading payments and digital commerce apps. Mark Coffey is the general manager of the GasBuddy business, and we discuss with him the future of EVs, how consumers mix commerce and cars, and what's next coming up in payments. Good morning, Mark. How are you? I'm doing great, Silvio. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you on the show. Absolutely. So much is changing. And one of the key things that's changing is everyone is always talking lately about the adoption of EVs like Teslas, cars that run on batteries. But not so much people have been talking about EV fueling and how that's going to change commerce and also just generally the mobility experience. This is something that you t- uh, you guys think a lot about because, of course, GasBuddy knows everything about transportation. How do you think the rise of EVs is going to change how fuel stations in particular make money? Well, it's definitely going to be a significant change. It's probably worth noting in the US, you know, an extraordinary car culture. And that will not change whether it's an internal combustion engine or an electric vehicle. So the difference between gassing up and charging up is pretty profound because 100% of drivers in the US in those 280 million vehicles with 98% of them having an internal combustion engine are going to one of the 160,000 gas stations in the US. It's an extraordinary infrastructure that serves all those cars on the road and everybody gasses up at a gas station. However, with EV, it's very different because there's sort of three distinct places. There's 
charging at home. My understanding is the vast majority will happen at home. And then you have what I refer to as sort of the two other categories, which are home, planned, and then what I call passive or opportunistic. So planned is where you're taking a long haul trip. And then the passive and opportunistic are the ones where, hey, you're going to the mall, you're going to Whole Foods, getting ready to park, you're in an EV. And not only is there a free charger there, but I observe that they seem to get preferred parking. And the big difference there for the industry is that it takes about three minutes to gas up a regular car. Charging changes that pretty dramatically because the dwell time is significantly longer than the three minutes it takes to gas a car. And you can already see the fuel and convenience industry changing its convenience footprint, massive improvements to take advantage of the significantly longer dwell time. People are coming, staying longer. In that case, you're going to get a coffee and a sandwich. And it's an exciting change, but it'll be a slower change than I think people are predicting. Fascinating. And so if I sort of look forward into the future based on the data that you shared, how is that going to sort of impact how convenience stations make money? Because, you know, a lot of people don't realize that gas stations actually make most of their money on the convenience store, not on actually selling the fuel. Do you think this trend is going to accelerate? Are we going to have all sorts of different commerce experiences in that convenience station because the dwell time is going to be longer when you're recharging your EV? It will be a dramatic change in the fuel and convenience industry is already well ahead of this. In fact, if you look at the last, call it five years alone, there has been billions of dollars in reinvestment and creating now a very high touch convenience experience. And so definitely you're going to see massive increase in dwell time. It is reasonable to assume that that'll drive a significant increase in time spent, revenue spent, total number of products going into the basket. So it's a very good thing long-term for the convenience business. And I think there's an entire infrastructure that will continue to survive and actually thrive as the switch from internal combustion engines into electric vehicles. And I also imagine, and we're already seeing some of it, what your fuel and convenience footprint, what that store looks like, will also change very, very dramatically. Now, many car companies and fuel-related companies have invested heavily in the whole payments and commerce space. You know, we've watched, for example, BMW, they invested in a company that enables paying for parking spaces. Actually, just this week, there was a news story about Chase actually buying 75% of the payments and financial services unit for Volkswagen. So there's a lot of investment in basically payments and commerce capabilities. And actually, Gas Buddy, you've been one of those companies that has invested in payments and commerce. Many people think of Gas Buddy as the gas price tracking app. But in fact, you have all these payment and commerce capabilities. Can you share some of what you guys do in this space? And also, why are you guys in this space? Gas Buddy, for the majority of its history, was a simple but powerful utility showing North Americans where the best price gas is. But we really had greater ambitions because while we were influencing billions of dollars worth of transactions, we weren't actually sort of benefiting or we weren't an intrinsic part of that transaction. So about four years ago, we took the very bold move for a business like Gas Buddy to launch our own payment product. That product was called Pay With Gas Buddy. So for the average consumer, you're typically gassing up at different brands and different locations, but it would mean if you want to take advantage of different loyalty programs, you would potentially need to be downloading scores, if not more than that, of loyalty programs. So what Pay With Gas Buddy sought to do was to basically launch a payment and loyalty program that solved the fragmentation. It's basically the one fuel payment loyalty app to rule them all, so to speak. That has been a transformational moment for the Gas Buddy business. Really what we've taken now is a very large and engaged audience of users of a utility, and they've now effectively become transactional customers of the payments platform that is Gas Buddy and really positioned as well for expanding the relationship. 
really interesting to see how basically cars and commerce really go together. And that is one question that I have for you. As you look at the short term, what are some of the new ways you see people engaging in commerce through EVs and also just engaging in commerce generally through cars? So I definitely think, as I mentioned briefly earlier, that one of the Achilles heel of the industry is that about 60% of the people that gas up don't go into the convenience store. And there's a little bit of a disconnect between what's happening at the pump and what's happening in the convenience store. Number one, being able to identify the customer pre, during and post transaction. That's where gas body plays a very big role. And now what we're tying into is generating a lot of in-store offers for consumers to take advantage of while they're at the pump, really solving for that 60% issue, being able to move the needle. The US has been a little bit of a laggard in the adoption of mobile payments. If you look at the Asian market, you look at the European market, you see a significantly higher frequency of real mobile payments. As the big footprint improvements happen at the fuel and convenience stores, you're also seeing the sort of up-to-date payments technology going in. And I think the other massive innovation in fuel and convenience is if you look at the fuel and convenience station that your father went to, a very not glamorous business with kind of a short product supply, you go to some of the best players out there in convenience and they have fresh food, you know, huge assortment of products, really nice stores, safe stores, well-lit stores, you know, a really high-touch experience. And now for the first time, fuel and convenience stores are really not only competing with Street, but they're actually continuously taking share. And you're going to continue to see fuel and convenience retailers, brands that are really competing for a very high-touch convenience grocery experience. And that's going to shift a lot of revenue and a lot of frequency of visitation away from Street into fuel convenience. Now, I want to ask about a slightly different trend, which has really changed. You know, for a while there, the big trend in cars was shared vehicles. None of us were going to own our vehicles anymore. We we're going to share them. We have actually previously on the show had companies like Lyft on. And one of the things that happened during the pandemic is it brought that trend really almost to a halt, or at least certainly slowed it down. Because of course, in a pandemic, you don't want to be in a car with somebody else that you don't necessarily know. And so consumers value personal mobility even more. Do you see this trend playing out in all the data that you collect at GasBuddy? You know, if you look at the U.S. today, there are more cars, again, not speaking specifically to what's driving that vehicle, but there are more cars doing more miles on the road today and also pumping more gas, we must put that in, than at any other time in recorded history. So what I don't see happening is what was predicted in the earlier parts of the mobility conversations trying to predict the future, which was ownership declining very, very dramatically. So I still think that you'll have as many vehicles on the road. You can see that most countries, many states are actually banning the sale of internal combustion vehicles probably from 2030, 2035 on. You can imagine by the time we get to 2050, it's predicted that 60% of all new sales will be EV vehicles. And even then, by the way, just the expanse of the 280 million cars, that still the majority of cars on the road will be internal combustion engine. Mark, thank you so much for the insights. Really great to have you on the show today, and I hope to have you back on in the future. Silvio, pleasure and happy to do it anytime. That's Mark Coffey, the general manager of GasBuddy, everyone's favorite gas savings app, talking to us from Boston, Massachusetts. Coming right up, some closing thoughts on the future of cars and commerce. One of the things that the pandemic has taught us is that technology can really help us make it through tough times. 
I, for one, would have had a much more difficult last year and a half had it not been for Zoom technology and for e-commerce delivery technology. And I think I'm not alone in that. But the thing is, one of the few industries left largely untransformed by technology is the car industry. Think about it. Most of us still use the byproduct of dinosaur bones and ancient buried trees to fuel our cars. Cars have not really changed all that much since the original Model T Ford was first introduced as a mass-produced vehicle. As we've learned on the show today, that is all about to change, and change dramatically. The electrification of cars is just the beginning. In the not-too-distant future, our cars will become key drivers of digital commerce in much the same way that our mobile phones became substitutes for cash and credit cards during the pandemic. Folks, this is going to be big, really big. To find out more about the latest trends in digital commerce and digital advertising, check out our website, www.digcomall.org. That's www.digcomall.org. For the Digital Commerce Alliance, take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless you. This is Silvio Tavares signing off.